Hi, this is Rabbi Ari Spiegler with the Zman Ki Kol podcast. God willing, the Shabbos will be reading from Parshat Vayechi. And much of Parshat Vayechi details how Yaakov prepares for his imminent death. He calls Yosef to his bedside. He gives him brachot. He gives Yosef's sons, Menashe and Ephraim, brachot. And eventually he gathers all of his children, all of Yaakov's children, and he gives them brachot as well. Now, one of the things that Yaakov tells Yosef is that while Yosef was away, he had thought Yosef was dead and that he would never, ever see Yosef again. Torah tells us, Vayomer Yisrael Yosef, Yaakov says to Yosef, Reo fanecha lo filalti. Let's translate that as, uh, I never expected to see your face again. And here Hashem has allowed me to see your children as well. So it sounds like Yaakov, in an outpouring of thanks, says, wow, this is just an amazing turn of events. On the one hand, I thought I would never, ever see you again. And now I've had the opportunity not only to reunite with you, but to live with you. And even more than that, I've had the opportunity to know and to have a relationship with your children as well. This was something that I would never, ever have expected in my entire life. But Rav Hirsch notes that this word filalti, filalti, that I never expected to see your face, he says that that is a word that we should be familiar with. Because filalti sounds a lot like the word that we know for prayer, the, the word of tfilah. And Rav Hirsch suggests that Yaakov is saying something very, very significant here. He's not just saying, ah, I never expected to see your face, even though that's how we translated it. He says that there's more behind it. He argues that the word tefillah is etymologically related to the word bililah. Now, bililah means to uh, mix something together. But more specifically, it means to introduce a foreign element into a substance and integrate it to such a degree that the whole becomes one substance. As opposed to, let's say, when you take two different uh, ingredients and you mix them together and people say, oh, it's this and that. Uh, bililah is specifically when you take these different uh, materials, you take these different ingredients and you mix them together so that they become one new integrated whole. Okay, we specifically find this term being used by the korban mincha, where, which is, a uh, grain offering where we're mixing oil, we're mixing uh, flour, and we're creating a dough. Okay, that is uh, the process of bililah. So he says bililah and tefillah are similar. Just like by bililah, we have physical matters, physical ingredients, different substances that are being mixed together to create a new whole. He says that's exactly what tefillah is doing in an emotional and a spiritual manner. Meaning, the way Rav Hirsch puts it is that tefillah is to inject a spiritual element into thoughts or conditions, infuse them with an idea, a truth, a principle, and thereby integrate and unify them. He says that's the process of tefillah, taking these different spiritual elements, the truth, the idea, the principle, and unifying them as one within me. Okay, very nice. That's blila, that's tefillah. What does that have to do with our pasuk? Re'ofanecha lo filalti says Yaakov to Yosef that the idea, the concept, the possibility of ever seeing Yosef once again was so remote. It seems so far from being a realistic possibility that he would not even allow it to enter his mind. He couldn't take that external idea of seeing Yosef again and bring it inside of him. It was completely rejected. It was something that his body, his mind, his heart, his soul just could not allow to happen. So it wasn't just, I never thought this would happen, but he said, that it's the, it seems like the most remote possibility, something that was so foreign, something that was my, my entire being rejected, it can never become uh, part of who I am. So it's a very extreme way of saying, I never thought I would see you again. This idea that I couldn't integrate it, I couldn't unify it, I couldn't make it part of who I was. But what's so fascinating, says Rav Hirsch, is that that tells us a lot about the concept of tefillah. Like we said, tefillah, blilah, very, very much related. This idea of taking something external and bringing it inside. Says Rav Hirsch, this idea idea of being a, a mit palel, of davening, he says, what is that truly? It's the act of infusing oneself with divine ideas. Or as he argues, prayer is not an outpouring from within oneself. 
Rather, it means infusing the heart with truths that come from outside oneself. It's not what you're taking from inside of you and offering as if to Hashem, but it's taking something which is external and bringing it inside of you, making it part of who you are. Continuing to quote Rav Hirsch, if tefillah were merely an expression of what the heart already feels, prescribed prayer would be absurd, and prayer at fixed times to be recited by an unlimited number of persons would be pure folly. For such prayer would then be based on the assumption that certain thoughts and emotions could be present on demand at certain predetermined times in the hearts of any number of people and would require expression. Not so. Instead, argues Rav Hirsch, to be mit palel, the idea of tefillah is to steep oneself with lasting eternal truths precisely because they are likely to wane and fade away in one's consciousness or may have already disappeared. Rav Hirsch is flipping the idea of tefillah on its head. You thought that what tefillah is, is that I have to take these feelings that I have, this, this internal uh, thought, this uh, concept, whatever it is that I have inside of me, and I have to externalize it. I have to articulate it. I have to present it before Hashem. That's what tefillah is all about. It's pouring out my heart. He suggests that no, that's not what tefillah is. Tefillah is actually taking something which is external and bringing it inside of me. It's reiterating certain concepts, certain ideas, certain truths, certain principles, and making them part of who I am. And the assumption is that those are ideas, those are concepts, those are truths that are significant, they're important, they're things that I want to be attached to, but for whatever reason I don't remember them, or for whatever reason they have not become part of me. But hopefully, hopefully by steeping myself in these types of ideas, these truths, these principles, then they will, in fact, be unified within me. Like we said, with the idea of blila, taking these disparate ingredients and turning them into a new unified whole. That's what tefillah is, taking these external ideas, these thoughts, these concepts, and bringing them as part of me. That's what tefillah is all about. And like we said, it wouldn't make sense otherwise, because how could we ask, how could Hashem tell us if tefillah is truly an outpouring of the heart? So how could you have a fixed text? How could you have fixed times? I only feel those things at certain times. And it's not necessarily uh, every morning at 645 and every evening right around sunset and every night. That's not how my feelings work. That's not how my realizations uh, are created. That's just not what it's about. And idea that each and every one of us can have all of those feelings at the exact same time using the exact same text, it doesn't make sense. It can't be something which is internal, which is being brought out to the external, which is being articulated. Rather, it's taking something external and bringing it internally. And that's a completely different approach to understanding tefillah. Many often complain that they don't feel the davening, right? They say the words, I'm just prattling, right? Whatever the words are, I don't understand. I don't know. I'm not inspired. They're not feeling the davening. They believe that their tefillah is supposed to be an expression of what's already on the inside. And in truth, sometimes it can be that. But what Rav Hirsch is reminding us is that tefillah may Dafka be when you're not feeling it, when you don't feel inspired, when you don't feel those feelings of thanks and appreciation, when you aren't necessarily feeling the praise uh, of Hashem, that's when we dafka have to remind ourselves about how we should be thankful and how we should give praise to Hashem. And there are certain things that maybe I don't want, but I should ask for anyway. That's what tefillah is all about. It's the exercise of reminding ourselves of those external truths, of those important principles, of those brilliant ideas that maybe at that moment we aren't feeling. Because again, argues or Persh, tefillah is taking those external things and bringing them inside of you, making them part of who you are. Tefillah, according to Rav Hirsch, 
It's a spiritual investment. It's a deposit within ourselves. We're planting seeds, both when we do feel it, of course, but even when we don't. Rav Hirsch is giving us a completely different and a, a radical, a fundamentally different approach to the concept of tefillah. It's not just taking what you already have inside and offering it before Hashem. Of course, it can be that too, uh, right? A- absolutely. But when Chazal tell us that tefillah is an avodah shebelev, it doesn't just mean taking what's inside of your lev, what's inside of your heart, and bringing it outward or articulating it and directing it toward Hashem. What it could also mean is taking those external things, those things which are significant and important, and bringing them inside of my heart, planting them in my heart, investing them in my heart. Because right now, maybe I don't understand how significant it is to have a Ben Dash, but I'm going to dive in. I'm going to remind myself how important it is. And that is something that I should be striving for. That is something I should be wanting. And if I remind myself each and every day, three times a day, that we should be davening for the Beit HaMikdash, ah, maybe then I'll actually feel it, right? The idea that Yerushalayim is in ruins, it doesn't bother me so much day to day. But if I remind myself three times a day, then maybe it becomes important, maybe it becomes significant. Maybe I don't always think about Hashem as a person who is giving, a, 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 a God that's giving. I don't think of God as the one being rofei cholim because lo aleinu, I know people who are sick. And that's why I have to remind myself that he has those qualities, that he's done those things historically, that he does them in the present and he will do them in the future. I don't always feel it. And that's why we go through the exercise of tefillah, taking something external and bringing it inside of me and making it part of who I am. So none of us, none of us have an excuse to say, I'm not feeling the davening. Refresh would say, exactly. Because you're not feeling the davening, that's why you have to do it. Because you don't have those feelings, you can't connect to those words. It's not the best time for you to focus and concentrate and think about godly matters. That's Dafka why you have to do it right now. He completely flips the idea, reframes the idea of davening altogether. Now, I'm not saying it's not the other form as well. Of course, of course, if we have feelings of praise, of thanks, of gratitude, then we should share that, right? If there are things that we want, there are things that we need, we should daven for them 100%. That is part of the tefillah process as well. But argues Rav Hirsch, based off the, this idea of Re'ofanecha lo filalti, tefillah and bililah are the same. Taking those external ideas, those concepts, those principles, those truths, and doing the best we can to make them part of who we are. We have to want to believe those things. And how do we get to that point of belief? By reminding ourselves three times a day with a fixed text, at fixed times, with a group of people. It it doesn't make a difference. You have to bring it inside of you. And this is the best way to do it. Let's make sure that we remind ourselves of this approach to tefillah as well. It's not just taking the internal and bringing it before Hashem externally, articulating it, but it's also taking the external and bringing it inside of us. Hopefully, hopefully that will empower us. That will inspire our tefillah going forward. When we're quote unquote, not feeling it, we have to remind ourselves that's dafka why we are going through this process of tefillah. If we do that, then may Hashem, of course, of course, of course, be memale, fill each and every one of our requests, Litova, Shabbat Shalom.